0: and welcome to The Shmooz, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Anne Toback. Anne is the Executive Director of the Workman Circle in New York City. Welcome, Anne. Thank you, and
1: Alechem Shalom, Lisa.
0: Thank you. And really glad that we were able to catch up today, as I am very eager to visit with you to talk about Yiddish for dogs. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Yiddishkeit for our hund. (laughs) um and so before i ask you to tell me all about this i want to ask you the obvious do you have a dog or dogs
1: i do i have a dog named jesse or Yossel, as he's sometimes known um and he is in part the inspiration for our program here at the workman circle
0: (laughs) Uh, and how is his yiddish proficiency He
1: actually, um, most of his commands are Yiddish, are in Yiddish, 365 days of the year. He's rather proficient, more than most hunts, I would say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if memory serves, this is the second year that you've offered this class, correct?
1: Actually, it's the third year. Um, We did it for two years, and... We debated: Do people want us to keep doing this program? And this year we did it again, and it sold out, and we have a waiting list of people asking us to do it again this year. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I'm I'm without dogs for the first time in my life, and I may just have to get another dog just so I can, I can come to class. But what you know, a, yeah,
1: it's a great idea. We could offer people the ability to go to a shelter and may even
0: borrow a dog.
1: The dogs have as much fun as the people do at these events, so it would make absolute sense.
0: What inspired this?
1: Well, um, here at the Workman Circle, we have actually the largest Yiddish language program in the world and growing, and we get new people coming to us every day to take um, Yiddish language classes, and yet I saw this um, opening in that there are many people who are, who are also afraid to start a new language, who, you know, feel a little timid about getting involved in a big way in our Yiddish language. And I thought, you know, what could be um, more of an opening for people to take their dog to Central Park on a Sunday and in an hour learn enough Yiddish to actually communicate commands to their dogs. And in doing so, have a lot of fun and realize that Yiddish is approachable. It's a language that was meant to be lived, and you can live it today. You don't have to um, become fluent to do so. But, of course, we hope that this is a doorway, um, a, a way for you to touch your history, our history, to touch our culture, and to remember that um, this isn't a dusty museum language. This is a language that's meant to be lived and enjoyed. And um, what better way to do it than with your best friend?
0: Do the dogs respond well? They
1: respond very, very well. Um, the reason is that for our dogs um, who are here in the United States, English is the language they hear from everywhere. I mean, So they'll be walking along. You'll be speaking to them in in English, giving them commands, they hear it in the streets. Yiddish has um, a different tone to it. So um, instead of saying up, I say, Aroif to my dog. He hears Aroif only from me. Um, Even sit, when we tell our dogs to sit, I mean, sit is a a commonly used word in our language, zit. It, It has more of a punch to it, it's a different tone, and the dogs pick up on it immediately. People are surprised uh, when they come to our program. Within an hour, their dogs are responding to Yiddish commands in many instances more quickly than they responded to the English commands.
0: And are these, you know, the old adage, "You can teach an old dog new tricks, or you can't"? Da-da-da-da-da. Are they all yeah. ages?
1: <laughs> they, we get dogs of all ages, and I think it was just um this last month when we held it we had a dog that was like 11 or 12 and um the owner said oh he won't do this he won't sit and we had him sitting to zit um part of it too i want to give credit where it's due is that we have a master trainer with us and um you can teach an old dog new tricks is is one of the uh answers and the other is you know it's about how we teach our dog. So he mostly focuses on us. He, you know, here's your posture. Here's how you signal your dog that you want it to do something. And then, yes, here's that short and sweet command.
0: I guess I'd also be curious, how many, how many commands do you teach?
1: Um, I'm thinking it's about ten. We teach them zit, sit, RO. Down, which is a good one on many levels a up stay uh cum good oh, my favorite is spring, some years we bring um jumps and spring is jump um so we we go from there um we and, and the dogs just have a ball literally and figuratively
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's interesting because I think having had a dog in New York as well. There's something very communal. They're, they are yes. a way to meet other people and to engage in a city where sometimes you otherwise would walk past people. So it must be kind of fun that this everyday language, as it were, um, mm-hmm. and the dogs begin to connect people in an unusual way.
1: Exactly. You've really hit upon one of the key pieces as well to why we thought this would be a great program for New York. One of the times dog owners have um, in the city is Sunday mornings. Um, When you own a dog in New York, you're probably busy pretty much the rest of the week, right? We're we're always running from job to workout to um, activity, event, Um, but for dog owners, Sunday mornings tends to be a time that they're with with their, their dog, and very often they're walking it to a place like Central Park. So, It was a wonderful way to get a lot of people together around something that they enjoyed being with their dogs and connecting with the Yiddish language, which is something a lot of people say they want to do. Um, We just gave them a unique opportunity to do it in a fun way. Um, And you do form a community. I mean, we have people, the people who have taken uh, this program with us stay in touch very often, um, and they contribute after the program in different ways. One of my favorites is um, one of the women who came to, I think, the first program, translated two Isaac Beshevis Singer stories that he wrote from Yiddish to English about dogs, and she shared them with us, and uh, we wound up sharing them with the group then, and we continue to share it, and... um, just a nice connection, she wound up interning at the Yiddish Book Center um, later that year.
0: Oh, that's fabulous.
1: How, how cool is that, right? Yeah, um, but we also have people who connect with us in other ways. I mean, I would say maybe at least 30% of the people who come to this program, and very often these are people who haven't connected with the Workman Circle before, um, who almost always have some Eastern European history uh, connection to them, um, but at least 30% take a Yiddish course from us afterwards. Um, they, it actually becomes the beginning of a journey. Um, and others come back for other programs that are also um, – we, we try to design a lot of um, welcoming um, en- entries, uh, to our Yiddish kite. So whether it's you know a program like Yiddish on the Farm, where we talk about how um, Sukkot was celebrated in the shtetl, um, to I mean we're, we're we do we're doing a program this month um, with uh, around the Yiddish fiddler um, with one of its um, producers. All of these pieces um, are, are nice ways to connect people. To our Yiddish kite, our mama lotion. And um, Yiddish for dogs, though, is one that continues to garner a lot of attention um, nationally.
0: Well, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's a fun way to sort of enter into it, and it's probably not as intimidating as sitting down in a beginner class.
1: Exactly. Although it may lead
0: you in that direction.
1: Well, that's, that's one of the hopes. I mean, I'm thrilled that people just enjoy the language any time. I love that they come for an hour and they have, I'm sorry, I'm here in New York and there's a, a fire truck outside, um, that they can come for an hour and just feel a sense of connection to our um, exciting history, our high culture, um, and, and also have a chance to experience the language in a way that it once was lived. Um, I. I like to think about how many ways Yiddish um, was lived uh, for a 1,000 years in Eastern Europe. Um, you know, of course, there's poetry, drama, political discourse. But there's also the farmers speaking to their livestock. I mean, that would have been more likely, um, historically, of course, Jews and dogs weren't a natural partnership. <laughs> but right. here, too, um, times have changed. And our, our, our culture um, evolves with it. So um, over 100 years ago, you probably wouldn't have chocolate babka. Today, I mean, what's babka without chocolate? 100 years ago, maybe we wouldn't have been speaking to our dogs in Yiddish or 200 years ago we might be speaking to cows or sheep. Today, I mean, what are Jews in New York without, without their dogs?
0: So do you gather a crowd when you're holding class or does it just sort of in New York go unnoticed that everybody's shouting commands in Yiddish?
1: No, we gather a crowd um, depending on where we hold it in the park and we get a permit for it. Um, We've had years where we've literally had a hundred or more people watching us. Um, Keep in mind we have these we have signs with the commands written on them in Yiddish to help people get into the mood and make sure they remember the commands and learn the Yiddish. We have a Yiddish instructor on hand. We have a, um, a master dog trainer on hand. And then we sometimes have um, these jumps for the dogs to um, spring over. Uh, and then we have all these adorable dogs. And what's, I mean, what's more compelling in New York than a group of 20 dogs and people and, and of course, there's food, which we only – we only share with our, with our own program attendees, but it does look good. Um, so we'll have kichol for the dogs and kichol for the people. And, um, yeah, we, we've gotten crowds. And then, of course, sometimes we get TV cameras, and now you really have a New York moment.
0: <laughs> These dogs are very nonchalant about all of it, I'm sure.
1: You'd be surprised. It
0: feels like a lot of the dogs really shine for the cameras. Who knew? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and is it challenging to teach the participants, or do they really kind of get the words fairly quickly? They get them
1: very quickly. As um, you probably heard before, a lot of, you know, Yiddish has Germanic tones to it, Germanic uh, roots, as does English. So, zit ver- sit versus zitz, not so different, um, or come versus cum, good versus guts. Um, and then, of course, there's the arope, aroif. I mean, those are a little bit different, um, very different. But, no, people catch them very quickly. They're all given a laminated uh, cheat sheet, if you will. And, as I said, we have, we have people um, holding up big signs with the commands. They get them very quickly. And we do have um, a Yiddish instructor on hand uh, who oftentimes, most of their time, is... is taken up with people asking for other words. Um, We had one woman one year, she had this crazy series of commands she created in Yiddish, and her dog responded, which basically had the dog doing a side twist, a jump, and, I mean, all but a somersault. It was crazy. (laughs) And he he gave her the Yiddish, and the dog was doing it. Um, And then, of course, they want to learn other things. Um, People come with their own stories, and this is another opportunity for them to share. People are so hungry to connect to their Yiddish kite. Um, sometimes we have people bring their grandchildren or their children, or, you know, they bring people along because it's, it's not just about the dogs. It's very much about this meaningful and sometimes their first real connection um, to Yiddish in a group setting. So... It, it really is exciting to see it, and it's when you when you're there, you realize it's not surprising that a lot of these people continue their Yiddish journey in in some other way.
0: Well, it certainly puts a smile on your face when you hear about it. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard not to, um, and it and it's it's all in um, just a very good um, spirit. There's it it. I'm surprised each year how quickly we become a, a community in the park and how engaged and thoughtful people are. You know, it it could come across as silly and yet people are so happy to be there and they're they're so hungry for this connection. It it always winds up meaningful, fun and meaningful and the start of something bigger than than what it what you would have thought.
0: <laughs> and you give them Goodie bags?
1: We do. And what's um, inside? We, well, the, the, the best thing inside is um, we give all of them a uh, bandana with Yiddish words that, uh, for their hunt. So it says things like, it, it actually has many of the commands, and of course we say mashuganah and mensch and kvel and gut. Um, and the dogs proudly wear these during the, uh, during the session. Um, in the past, we've been known to homemade, uh, homemade uh, to bake homemade apple kichel, um, and we usually give uh, an apple kichel, an apple cookie recipe for the dogs, um, and they sometimes get some cookies, uh, some rugalach for the people, and of course we uh, and the Yiddish for dogs, um, the a laminated sheet with all the commands. And um, we've been known to sneak in um, a brochure about other Yiddish programs they might wish to engage in at the Workman's Circle
0: afterwards. <laughs> but I guess the, the dogs aren't invited to come to the building. We've
1: been debating. Um, we are a dog-friendly office, and that is actually part of the inspiration. Um, from time to time, many of our staffers have dogs, and the dogs come and visit. And, of course, we have Yiddish classes um, in-person and online, but the in-person um, go on every day of the week here. And so um, the dogs have been known to wander in from time to time and, and participate and very often become an example um, of, some, uh, of, of some verbiage. <laughs> so, so, yes, we're, they, they do come in. We haven't yet had a, a um, dog event open to um, pu- the public, here but you never know
0: (laughs) and um somebody one of my colleagues asked um if you might be extending this to parrots cats well we've given it
1: some thought (laughs) not the parrots but what an interesting idea the cats we've 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 played with the idea but it's much harder to get them together in a group and um <laughs> yes. as we all know, cats aren't big on commands. <laughs>
0: I, that that was that was that was my experience. Um you might get goats, um and they would be more Jewishly related anyway. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that be yeah. something? We could go to, you know, Yiddish Farm and I, I don't know if they have goats though, but there must be <laughs> somewhere in New York they they actually I think they brought goats to um the west side um the park on the west side drive to do the lawn so maybe there maybe there's an activity you may have just started something
0: (laughs) (laughs) the command will be mo um (laughs) um, or essen Um, right so um the last question before i let you go is have you found that many of the dogs now have yiddish names
1: um (laughs) that's good well my dog has a yiddish name um Many of the dogs uh, have Yiddish nicknames, is what I've, what I've heard. And um, I, I do want to share one, one last piece, which is funny to me, is I keep hear, hearing stories from people that they've been using Yiddish with their dogs in New York for years. So in many ways, this isn't a new event. A lot of people have told me that they've been speaking Yiddish um, when they walk their dog for for. for for some time, even before our Yiddish for Dogs started. So that's um, a very funny outcome. And I also know that a lot of the people who participate continue with the Yiddish because it becomes a conversation starter when they're walking their dog on a daily basis. And when people hear them using Yiddish, they stop them and say, oh, what's that? And then they explain. And it oftentimes becomes um, quite a conversation starter. I know I've wound up meeting um People from Eastern Europe uh, who hear the Yiddish when i 'm telling Jesse what to do and uh all of a sudden the, the, you know their eyes light up and they say Oh yiddish yiddish i say yes um and then and then we start talking about it and um uh, the stories start, and they have nothing to do with my dog, <laughs> 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 but they're a, truly uh, um an astounding and meaningful um part of my day.
0: <laughs> well, I think pets and dogs bring much to our lives and this is a whole other way of uh yeah, expanding that relationship um, and con- connecting us with uh the language.
1: And and reminding us that the language can be a lot of fun. Yes. I mean, it's meaningful, it's important, it's it's a living connection to our history, and we should have some
0: fun too. <laughs> Well, thank you, Anne. For our listeners, um, where can they go to learn more about this and, and your work at Workman Circle?
1: Oh, um, we would love for them to come visit us at circle.org. And you can also uh, t- check out the Workman Circle on Facebook and Instagram. But at, on circle.org, we have a designated page for Yiddish for Dogs, and of course, a designated page to sign up for our Yiddish classes. And um, if people are interested in participating in a Yiddish for Dogs program, they can sign up for a wait list. And um, the more people there, the more likely we'll have another one sooner. And um, our Yiddish programs are offered year-round, and uh, they can sign up for those um, for our fall classes still. And, of course, as I said, we we offer them fall, uh, winter, spring, and summer.
0: And let me know when you decide to take this on the road.
1: I absolutely will. We should talk. <laughs> okay. Thanks
0: again, Anne. It's lovely to have a chance to connect. Um, as always, thanks for the work and I can't wait till I'm in uh Central Park next time and hearing Hearing dogs or I hearing, I, yeah, not the dogs. I can't wait yep. to have <laughs> you here, yeah, hearing, hearing the
1: whoops or, in Yiddish yes. <laughs> and the commands. And, and I, I really look forward. We'll let you know when our next uh, program is, and we would love for
0: you to be a part of it. Great. Thanks again. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Sarah Blakefeld. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon.